good Sunday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Uh, about to be joined by one of the other junkies because she requested this show and she want to talk football. She's not a a basketball person per se, so you know. We, we, we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And we put together some things that would be conducive for us to talk about. And I'm waiting for her to get her behind in this studio. She got to come on and sashay up in here. We got, we, we on a time limit. But uh hope everybody's enjoying their Sunday. It's hot here in the DMV. Um, it is scorching. I think it's over 95 degrees here. Um, Hopefully it's a little bit cooler where you are. And if you haven't listened to the latest episode of the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs, every streaming platform, YouTube, Twitch, go back and check that out. Uh, You you won't be disappointed because we have a pay-per-view coming up tonight and we did picks for the first time in a while. So uh, just go back and check that out. But um, tonight... We're going to talk about the Saints, and we're going to talk about the Commanders. And the Commanders are a real touchy subject right about now. But uh, I'm going to try my best to get through it without getting angry, without uh, without blowing up. Let's just say that. So, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm trying to keep things going here, keep everything upbeat. <sighs> but uh I guess we got to start with the commanders. So the Washington Commanders. Looking over this team. Up oh, wait. <laughs> Let's not even start there because she finally decides to show up, <laughs> and I'm going to give her hell about it. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the lovely, the talented, Swamp Queen, Lady C. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, I was I was busy fussing, so yeah, give me a second. <laughs> You 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 could have you could have gave me a, a heads up a warning. I understand parenting comes first. You got to give me a heads up or a warning because once that green light go on, we I got to like go. It like it, it, it had snap, so yeah, it's all good now. Okay, so we were going to start with the commanders. We're going to take it back. We're going to start with the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is not really a Q and A, but it's just us talking about our teams. Um, as you all know, Lady C is a diehard uh, New Orleans Saints fan, big Drew Brees fan. Um, now, let, let, let's talk about your fandom when it comes to the Saints. Uh, how long have you been a Saints fan? Let's For those that don't know, how long have you been a Saints fan? Oh, bless. Uh, let's see. Like, it. 
Mm. Not bad. I, I came through whenever they whenever they still had the bags on their head. Yeah. When they were the ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I them through that. Okay, okay. Uh, first question that I have for you. Are you confident with your QB choice? You know, you 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 at QB. Of course, Jameis is going to start, but you also have Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, and Notre Dame's very own Ian Book. Are you confident with those guys? Because I'm I'm thinking that Ian Book is going to be released after uh, training camp in the preseason. I think he's going to be the, the odd man out. But are you confident with those guys at quarterback? Yes and no. Well, yes, yes, most most definitely. Um, overall, yes. Uh, I, I agree with you about Ian. Um, I think he's just going to be kind of like that. Well, maybe if we got to put somebody in, it'll be you, but not not you. We'll put the towel boy in before we put you in. Um, but Dalton, yeah, he shows up, he shows out. Taysom is still going to remain the creative player that he is. Um, Jameis, you know, he, he, I think he was hitting his stride. Uh, he was just beginning to kind of hit his stride with the team last season before his, before his injury. Um, so my, my confidence in, in my, you know, in the QB, lineup yes but it also makes me nervous about as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs um because you know they they're not having that that time to to mesh and develop that that cohesiveness that the almighty drew had with you know with with the uh running backs and you know with the receivers um because you know he had Thomas he had you know England he had he had Camara so uh you know and they, and they had time to form that cohesive cohesiveness on the field and off the field so um you know really really ready to see how how this is going to go but like I say confident you know we're gonna win some games uh we damn sure gonna lose some and the games that we're gonna lose are gonna be a hard-ass loss so but we're gonna fight every every inch of the way every yard we're gonna fight for it so overall yes confident in the QB choice okay now you brought up uh cohesiveness with the receivers and the running backs. Now, your draft, y'all had a, a, a very, very good draft. You know, you picked uh, Chris Olave at number 11 out of Ohio State. You got yourself a tackle out of Northern Iowa and Trevor Penning. Uh, that was both – you got him at number 19. That was both in the first round. Uh, Alante Taylor at corner in the second round at the 49th pick out of Tennessee. DeMarco Jackson, a linebacker out of Appalachian State 
at 161, which is the fifth round. And the sixth round, Jordan Jackson, a defensive end out of Air Force. So you got some some guys. And then offensively, this is something <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Will Alvin Kamara play? Because, we, you know, he had that, that incident during Pro Bowl weekend in Las Vegas. And nothing has been said about it, but first and foremost, will Alvin Kamara play? Well, that that's still that's still up in the air. Um, he is facing a six-game suspension from this from this incident. Um, but according to you know the reports that I've I've been reading about. You know, the league, you know, kind of waits until, you know, everything's said and done uh, in the legal end, on the legal end, um, before they make their decision. Um, and also, sources, reports say that the next hearing is in August. Uh, so, we don't know. You know, me, I feel like it was a kind of a, a self-defense thing. Um, I don't see, you know, because nobody really, really knows exactly what happened unless you were absolutely there to see. Um, so the way it was, the way the reports are in, from the Houdat Nation, it says, you know, there was some self-defense on Kamara's end. Uh, the way everyone else is kind of spinning it was like, yeah, he picked the fight. So whether he did or didn't, you know, who's to say? But that six-game suspension is, is looming. So hopefully he, he plays, you know, prayerfully he plays. Um, because, you know, Ingram is a beast, but he's not going to be able to hold it down like that for that six weeks, Olave either, you know, especially with Olave being, being a rookie, like he'll be able to get in and spread out and everything. But as far as holding it down and being able to, to know that feel, then you know, I, I don't think that Olave would be able to hold it down as, as good as Kamara and Ingram. Kamara and Ingram. And I'm glad you said Ingram because Ingram's going into, what is this? This is like year 99. Um, <laughs> Ingram's going into year 12. He was in the 2011 draft. Uh, so 2011 to 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going into year 12, you know, because he got some miles on him. Ingram has some miles on him as a running back, though. Uh, Ingram career, uh, 7,878 yards, 64 rushing touchdowns. He's not the receiver out of the backfield that Kamara is. Uh, only 287 receptions and 2,057 yards. Um, I agree with you that he can't shoulder the load like Kareem can. And I'm hoping that this 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 incident 
you know, the truth, everything done in the dark will come to light. So hopefully, you know, everything's on the up and up. Now we talking about players. I haven't seen any video of this, you know, (laughs) and this video of everything. Right. Right. And, you know, I just find that strange, like that, you know, that I hadn't seen a video of, of any of this. Cause you got, you know, you got video of, uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name that, you know, hit his girlfriend in the, in the, in the elevator. You got video. Uh, of Ray Rice. Guy. Ray Rice. Ray, yeah. Right. So, I mean, but we, we don't got this video. I, I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, you could be, me, I could be missing something, but you know, hey. we're, we're in a technological age where you would have video of everything. Right. So now let I me mean, throw this at you. Being in Vegas, the damn camera everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Let me throw this at you. Um, offensively, you have the chance to have this. This could be your starting, your starting three, uh, uh, uh receivers. Michael Thomas at the one, Juice Landry at the two, Chris Olave at the three, and then you have uh, hmm, you can pick your tight end because once you got those three on the field, you can pick a tight end. But here's the here's the question. Will Michael Thomas finally come back this season? He will. I'm a thousand percent sure, Maria. He's coming back. I take it you talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we go way back. We go, we, you know, we got each other's back. We down like four flats on the Cadillac. He's coming back. You know, I talked to him, told him, you know, what the deal was. Uh, you know, hit him up at his mom and them house. Um Went to a couple of cookouts, you know, kickbacks. But, yeah, he's coming back. Uh, you know, he's looking good uh, from the injury. You know, the money's, the money's good. So, yeah, he'll he'll be back in. No doubt. I'm going to take your word for that. I'm going to take your word for that. You know, if he don't, we got to have another conversation. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take your word for it. Now, we talked offense. You know, the offensive line looked like it's going to be solid. Um, you, you got weapons at the running back position. You got weapons at the receiver position. Defensively, with uh, Cameron Jordan leading this defense, because I think he's the, he's the best in the front seven, you sign the honey badger, uh, Tyron Matthew, and for the secondary at strong safety. You also have Marshawn Lattimore. You also have uh I said Marcus Davenport. And I'm I'm still mad at that you you guys took uh uh uh, uh Marcus Davenport because the pick, I think two picks after. Washington picked somebody else, and I wanted Marcus Davenport. I wanted him out of uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. I wanted that guy. And he's proved why I wanted him. But you guys have him. Do you think this can be a top 15 defensive unit? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Like, who else do we really need? Like, as long as 
these guys are healthy and they stay healthy throughout, you know, that defense won't be touched. They won't they won't be stopped. You know, um Sonny Badger, uh Tyron Matthew, he he's kinda he's kinda reaching his peak of, of his career, you know. His, you know, his past is his past and that's behind him. He's looking forward, he's looking good. Um, you know, we got Cam, like we can't be we can't be stopped. Like defense wins games. Defense wins games. So we have these guys, and like I say, as long as they stay healthy, you know, Cam Cam's been in it uh for a little bit. I think him and uh Thomas uh or Ingham, I think they have about the same close to the same tenure, uh, that status, but you know, they they both look good. I kinda peeped and saw a few little few little insides of the of the spring training. I have I you know, I got got a couple of set of eyes down there. Um so I was able to get a clip here and get a clip there of the spring training and my babies look good, y'all. <laughs> and that's okay. the benefit of being able to, you know, smile and you know, be me. Be the sweet lady. You know, get to flex your skills a little bit and get a little inside scoop here and there. Yeah, they looking good. They looking good. Okay. Now, if they looking so good, let me ask you this. This is to be your first season without Sean Payton, the legendary, the great Sean Payton. And he let me let, let me let me do this. I have to give your front office major, major, major props because coming into this offseason, nobody knew how the hell y'all were going to be able to re-sign anybody, pay for draft picks, try to sign anybody in free agency. But that damn Mickey Loomis, that damn Mickey Loomis, I'm going to start getting Mickey Loomis to handle my bills. The way he took and flipped what we, I think y'all were like 80 million over the cap and Mickey Loomis flipped it and wound up getting y'all like 40, 50 million under the cap. And didn't release one person. He didn't release anybody of note. Let's say that. That damn Mickey Loomis. Like, I got to give y'all props for that. Because that type of work, that type of uh, 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 ingenuity, to be able to do that. Whew, my God. Absolutely, positively amazing. And, you know, I can't think of another GM that i would say you know hey you know i got confidence that they can do that not saying that you know here martin mayhew or you know uh before brandon Bean left and went to new york i'm not saying those you know he when he was in buffalo i'm not saying those guys couldn't do it but mickey loomis mickey loomis made a way out of nowhere that's the equivalent of thanksgiving dinner is in two days ain't no food in the house 
Thanksgiving dinner shows up and you got all the spread. You got the turkey, the dressing, the cornbread, the ham. You got the biscuits. You got the corn pudding. You got the sweet potatoes. You know, you got everything. And, and you got the banana pudding. You got the sweet potato pie. You got the pumpkin pie. And you got the apple cider. And you don't have off-brand sodas. You got Mountain Dew. You don't got Mountain Lion. You got Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> That that's what Mickey Loomis did, and I I I, I gotta give credit where credit is due. That was freaking amazing, amazing. Now, yeah, he, he definitely worked that like a you know like a single mother making a way out of no way. What? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bruh, yeah, he he did that. Like, I mean, I I think the only person that did it better was Jesus feeding the five thousand. So I, I don't you know. Like, <laughs> With what two fish and a loaf of bread? Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how I went. yeah, that's what they say. But let me let me say this. I think I had a list. If I if I can ever find a list, they showed how he did it. How he was able to chop everything down. He got guys to restructure. He did everything he needed to do, which was great. Now here's my thing. Here's my thing. No Sean Payton. So you don't have the, the, the arguably, I don't want to call Sean Payton the greatest coach in y'all history. I don't want to because it's one gentleman that I hold above Sean Payton, even though he didn't win a, a championship, and that's one Bum Phillips. O.A. Bum Phillips, I, one of my favorite coaches of all time. But Sean Payton, one of the greatest coaches in Saints history, one of the greatest coaches possibly in the NFL history. He's gone. So now we're starting the era of AS after Sean. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you continue the winning ways now that Peyton is gone? So we have Dennis Allen. He's our, our new head coach. Okay. So and, you know, even though, let's see, even though, you know, he was down the line coaching, you know, another section, uh, he was still being groomed by Sean to take over. Because even, you know, Sean said himself that, you know, hey, this guy would be a great fit. And the work that Dennis did, you know, in his own position, it was great. Couldn't really, couldn't really work, you know, couldn't really uh, argue about it. So that's who we have now. And to you know, going back to getting to restructuring the team, you know, we have the potential to rebuild this from the ground up. Because, yeah, Peyton Jerry is over with. We love him. We're going to miss him. You know, and, of course, a lot of us, um, a lot of the who that nation would, you know, wish he come back. 
but we're also willing to give Dennis Allen a, a chance because we know what he can do. Um, he was also head coach of, um, oh, it's been some years, um, Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, when they, you know, when they were Raiders. So <clears throat> he's been, he was head coach of there for about two years. Um, so yeah, these guys, they've taken, you know, pay cuts, not a substantial pay cut, but <clears throat> they, they've taken pay cuts in order to make this work, make this happen because they want this team to be great. And the talent that we have, the talent that we, you know, already have our, our vets plus our new ones, we have the potential to be, dare I say, better than Peyton there. You know, um, we have that potential. So the guys, they see that. And nothing, nothing beats, you know, nothing beats it. It's worth a shot. Take your shot. You don't know if you, you know, don't take the shot. So that's, that's how I feel. We have Allen now. And the only thing we can do is move forward. Pain's not coming back. <laughs> he had a game. He might be, he'll, be, he'll definitely be in the press box. I'm pretty sure he got you know, lifetime season pass, but, you know, all right, buddy, go ahead and sit down. Let Allen do what he got to do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's going to be, he still, I know it with every fiber of my being, he's still going to be a mentor for Allen whenever he needs to be. He's going to call Allen and be like, hey, you shouldn't have done this. Next game, you need to do this, this, and this. You know, uh, he and I was gonna be like, "Hey, what the hell just happened?" So he's definitely gonna be there for him. So he's still gonna be there, but he needs to go ahead and sit down now. All right, so let let's get a prediction. Let's get a, a, a way too early prediction. <laughs> yeah, hella early. Yeah, hella early because we ain't even got the training camp fully yet. But you got 17 games, 18 weeks, 17 games. We're not going to count the preseason. Lady C, Swamp Queen, give me a record for your New Orleans Saints. Ooh. How does that do? I think we go 11 to 6. Mm, I like that. I like that optimism. Eleven and six. You know what? Let me. Let me. Let me you know what? We we gonna make it official. She said eleven and six. We are gonna put it down in the book. In the book, baby. Eleven and six. Where's the pen? I got the pen. Let me. Let me. Let me. I even be happy with ten and seven, but eleven and six. I'm I'm pushing for that. You you wanna know something crazy? Because we're gonna switch gears. I'm gonna talk about the Washington Commanders football team. Redskins, whatever you want to call them. Anything under 
11 i'm not happy i'm not happy i'm not happy and i i can get into that later on in this show but i'm not happy with anything um as far as wins no because i grew up in an era where 10 and 6 didn't get you in a playoff sometimes I grew up in an era where you had to win key games. You couldn't just ride in off the back of having a a, a bad strength of schedule and, you know, everybody thinking you're great. Now you had to go in. You, you couldn't just ease into the playoffs and think you were going to win. No, you had to kick down the door and make some noise. Anything below 10 wins does not suit my fancy. So um, speaking of the Washington commanders uh i guess i'll turn it over to lady c and she get to ask all the questions now yes 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 sir so i was looking uh the other day um and it says the the top 10 you know uh quarterbacks running backs top 10 and you guys came, you know, y'all didn't make the top 10. This was out, you know, I, I had to do a little research further to see whom else, you know, how else everyone fell. And your commanders came in at number 26. Um, so how, how are you, how are you feeling with that? Do you think oh, you guys should be at number 26? Hell or no. do you think we should be higher? I think we should be higher. But being at number 26, I like being underestimated. Let me let me tell you why. Because at running back, we have Antonio Gibson. We have J.D. McKissick, Jared Patterson. We just picked up Brian Robinson Jr. in the draft. We got monsters. And not to mention the other guys, you know, the, the camp guys. And everything, but we got monsters. JD McKissick alone. Let me tell you something about JD. When he signed, well, when he was supposed to sign with uh Buffalo, and the boss BJ can corroborate this story. I sent him a message crying, gave him a Tyree style congratulations because I knew I just lost one of my biggest offensive weapons. And when he signed back, I couldn't have been more happy because the thing is, J.D. McKissick, as a starter, as a spellback, whatever you want to you want to use him as, he's devastating. So, you know, and that top 10 list that we that we're talking about, they had uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Like what, he, what was he? Four or five, something like that, because he's about to have a breakout year. Zeke ain't had a breakout year in three years. You know, he's had some quiet thousand yard years, but he hasn't been that same dominant guy he was the first two years. And he damn sure ain't dominant against Washington. You know, that, those first couple of years, I kind of sort of was like, yeah, I don't know if our defense can stop him. But ever since then, you know, we can kind of contain him. It's just the fluke ass stuff that, that, that happens with Dak, but that's another story. With Antonio Gibson. One of the best young up-and-coming running backs in this league. One thing you need to work on, holding on to the ball. But being ranked 26, I love it. I love it. Keep us down there. 
because you keep us down and you're not expecting us to do anything. And then we, when we walk into a room now, nah, they're not going to do nothing. We pop everybody in the mouth and we possibly have 2000 yard rushes. Talk to me then. Okay. Okay. So next question, your, your quarterback went, how do you feel about him? You know, health wise and where he's going in his career. One thing about Carson Wentz, and I'm not going to change anything that I've ever said about Carson Wentz. Anybody knows me knows that, what I say about him, I've said it for years. Carson Wentz is a pretty damn good quarterback. He got the injury bug, though. So you got to have a guy that's going to play very, very well behind him because that Super Bowl year, he was an MVP going into uh, going into uh, the playoffs. You know, when they were ramping up for the playoffs, he got hurt. Nick Foles took him the rest of the way, won a Super Bowl. And I just I, I was like, this is it's amazing because I every time I pick against them, they win. So I was like, hell, I need them to kind of sort of win. So I kept picking against them just so they'll win. Just like when I, I need the Cowboys to lose, I pick the Cowboys so they'll lose. It is it's logic. But Wentz, if they put the correct offensive line around him, and we have offensive line talent, you know, you have uh Sam Cosme, um, Charles Leno. Uh, who else? We got Chase Rouye, Wes Schweitzer. And then also, where's my other guard? Shoot, we got, I don't know who's going to play that left guard, but I think Schweitzer's going to play the right. They may put Trey Turner at the left guard. But we put a, a good offensive line in front of him to keep him upright, good running game. That hell stuff will go out the window. I'm confident that he can possibly do pretty good because he, he was – fairly healthy last season with the Colts, but uh, people want to downplay it. They went nine and eight last year, the Colts. He, 62% of his passes completed, uh, 3,563 yards, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. His rating was 94.6. If I can get a year out of him, Similar similar to that, maybe a little bit more, because he did play 17 games. But I get more yards out of him. If I can get 4,000 yards out of him, I'm happy. If I can get 35 touchdowns out of him, I'm happy. But keep me with them same seven interceptions, because he makes very good decisions. In his entire career, he's only thrown double-digit interceptions in a season twice. And that was his last year in Philly and his first year in Philly. He threw 14 and 15 uh, interceptions, respectively. But here's the thing. Every other season, he's only thrown seven interceptions. So that tells you about his decision-making. long as the dude stays healthy, I think we're good. I think we're good. He just has to give me a little bit more production through the air. And he got weapons to get it done. So. Okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So let me move on to your on your offense side. We're gonna get to your defense next, but let's go ahead and talk about your offense. Is is it the best you in your opinion? 
is do you have the best offense you've had in years? Or was there another year's offense that you think that was better? It all depends on what you compare it to. Because that 2012 offense was devastating. With that read option, RG3, uh, uh, Alfred Morris, who you had, you had Aldrick Robinson, uh, now Niles Paul. You had guys that after they left here, after that, off that team, they didn't play anywhere else, you know? But they were fan favorites here. Um, but then also you have, and when you say in years, give me a cap. Are we going back 10 years, 15 years? Hell, are we going to go back 30 years? Because I don't think this offense is nowhere near the 91 offense. Because that was just such a balanced offense. And you had three great receivers and a quarterback that could throw a deep ball like nobody else. So it depends on where you want to put the cap at. But if you want to say that's the best offense we've had in the past 10 years, past 10 years, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that just yet. Let them get on the field and let's see how they play, and then we can talk about that. Because on paper, every year we look good on offense. On paper, every year we look good as a team on paper. If you want to count what's on paper, Washington would have at least twenty to twenty-five Super Bowls in the last thirty years because of how good they looked on paper. I learned my lesson a long time ago. Don't trust what you see on paper. Trust what you see on the field. On paper, yeah, they look great. They look strong. If they can stay healthy, that's the question. Can they stay healthy? But the 2000, what was it, 2015, they won the NFC East again. That offense was pretty potent, too. I think Kirk Cousins threw for what? I think he threw for 4,000 yards that year. Let me let me, let me, me make sure. I think he set the, the record, the team record for that. In 2016, 2016, Kirk Cousins, 8-7-1. Yep, he threw for 49-17 that year. 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Now you tell me that this offense is going to be better than that. Just quarterback play, running backs, they're going to be better than that 2015, 2016 season. I'll call them, you know, I'll, I'll say they're better, but you got to finish better than eight, seven, and one. Let's just say that because this is a this is going to be a time where the NFC East you got to win eleven games plus to win the NFC East. So I'll say that, but no, I will not call them the best offense we've seen in recent years. And we're talking we we're talking OTAs and mini camps. No, nah, we're not doing that. No. I, I see your point. I see your point. Like every year they all, you know, I do see how they're all stacked up. The talent is amazing. And then they get there, they start out with the, you know, with a good one. And then they kind of fizzle out towards the end. So, so something is like we almost always almost win every game. So, yeah. But uh, moving on to, you know, still in, in the offense. Your wide receiver, uh, Terry McLaurin. How much is too much for him? Too much would be four Brinks trucks. So I say give him three. 
I don't give a damn how you work this out that Terry gets his money. But I've seen it too many times where homegrown talent is not paid, so they walk, and then they go be stars elsewhere. Or homegrown talent is not kept happy, and they go be stars elsewhere. Like, look at uh, look at Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey was drafted here, and I put it in the sideline junkies group that I forgot that Champ Bailey even played in Washington. I knew he was good, but I forgot he even played here because it was so long ago and I was so hurt behind him being traded. I don't want to see Terry walk out that door. And I, I said it, and I don't think the, the Midnight Rider or the Boss BJ agrees with me, but I think Terry should be a top five paid receiver because he's better than from four, I'm sorry, from five down on that list that I read off week before last, he's better than all of those receivers. So too much would be 140 million. Just enough, I'll say 120, 126, 127, you know, incentive laden, very, very cap friendly. That's enough for Terry. You know, it's put some on par, but it also keeps him happy. So I, what's too much? I don't think anything's too much. But 140 may be too much. I'll say 140 is too much. So I could see, you know, them capping at like, you know, at least 120, maybe 30 would be pushing it, you know. But I, I still see about, I can put it at a good 120. Just 120 could work. But look at what Christian Kirk got. Christian Kirk got all that money, and he ain't bust a goddamn great. He wasn't even the best receiver on this team, but he got all that money from Jacksonville. The market's all messed up. Well, how do you feel about his his uh, offense grade being at a 78-3? Are you talking about Terry? For Terry? Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he's uh, ranked 18 out of you know 115 receivers so now, now i'm gonna throw this at you and it's the same thing i threw it's the same thing i threw at the balls bj the same thing i threw at the midnight rider let me tell you this you look at terry mclaurin look at what he's done he's only missed three games his entire career right he's had over a thousand yards two out of three seasons he's going into season number four he hasn't had a solid quarterback his entire career. They never when when him and Dwayne came in in 2019, that was supposed to be the show. That was supposed to be the show. They didn't they didn't groom Dwayne. And I went back and looked at an old tweet about them not prepping Dwayne and people making excuses why they didn't prep Dwayne, but you have to you got a backup quarterback. You need to prep that backup quarterback to run, have some reps with the first team, just like you have them running with the second team. But they got to have some reps. Him and Dwayne would have made a formidable one-two punch here. But um, things didn't happen that way. But Terry hasn't had a quarterback. Heineke, no disrespect to the cat. He has something that you cannot measure 
and at his heart. But he's not the quarterback that's going to get this team over the hump and roll through the playoffs. It's not set up like that anymore. This is If this was the mid-'90s, we could have rolled with Terry McLuhan. But this is a more sophisticated – I mean, I'm sorry, we could have rolled with uh, Taylor Heineke. But this is a more sophisticated league. So we 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 Terry had imagine what Terry would do with an all pro quarterback. And we're gonna see this year. He stays healthy, Wentz stays healthy. You might see Terry get about 12, 1300 yards receiving. So expect that. And you might see him do double digit touchdowns, which he has not done in his career because he has not had a quarterback. I don't think that's a true grade for a guy that has never had a real quarterback just my thoughts just my opinion okay so let me ask you this put your put your quarterbacks in a ranking like who would you you know put out first and you know just just rank them for me uh let's see you have you got you got Wentz obviously you got Sam Howell, Cole Kelly, and uh, Taylor Haneke. So how would you rank them one, two, three, four? Hello? Um, uh, damn it. I'm defeated by the mute button. Ah. <laughs> Wentz, Heineke, um, Howe, Kelly. Wentz because yeah. I'm paying Wentz $28 million. And he has the experience, the championship experience, all of that. He got all of that. Taylor Heineke, he knows the offense. He knows all of this. Great. Sam Howe, the rookie, he's the, the better of the two. So is Cole Kelly is a rookie. But Sam Howe's the better of the two. And then Cole Kelly's last. But I'm not – with Wentz, I think Wentz is going to be the end-all to be-all. He's going to be the guy that possibly gets Terry over the hump, but he's also just a stopgap quarterback. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 So, let's move on to your huh. defense. You know, as I, as I always say, you know, Defense wins games. How are you feeling about your defense this year? Do you think they're going to show up? Or you think they're just going to kind of sit there and watch the game? This defense, and, you know, they, they clap back at RG3 on, um, on Twitter about, you know, when he said you got to fight on the field, not fight each other. I agreed with him. I agreed with him. I get it. Things get heated in the trench, in the trenches. And I hated hearing, oh, they got four first round picks on that defensive line. I hated hearing that. I hate it. Because it seemed like that's the talking point every time. And this defense has underachieved the last two seasons. Um, You got Jonathan Allen. You got... uh, Deron Payne as your tackles. On the ends, you got Sweat and uh, uh, Chase Young. Those are your ends, right? Mm -hmm. Linebackers, 
which is where, where it kind of gets shaky. But Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb's moved back to the middle linebacker. And then you, you, you probably put Kalik Hudson on the outside. And then secondary, um, Cameron Curl's going to be your, your strong safety now that uh, Land, uh, Landon Collins is gone. Um, oh, man. Uh, Bob McCain's the free. You got William Jackson on one side and then Kendall Fuller on the other as you're starting, you're starting corners. This defense, anything below a top five ranking this year, you got to blow it all up and start all over. You got to start getting rid of guys and start with, with what BJ says, the Alabama boys. You got to start with them because something's not right up there. Montez Sweat is an animal. He's an animal. Of course, we know Chase Young's an animal. And he's working out. You know, Allen's working out. Payne's working out. Everybody's doing the work. And now we got to get results. If we don't get results, I'm, I'm not happy. So I'm, I'm holding, up, holding out hope that we're going to get results with this defense to the point that they're possibly – you know, referred to in the same breath as the Blue Wrecking Crew, your uh, famous defense, the Dome Patrol, even the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens. I want that. That's how good I want this defense to be. I want this defense to be lights out. Basically, offense only got to score 17 points. The defense to take care of the rest. You know, that was the philosophy of the 2000 Ravens. If we score first, we score 17 points. Jamal touched the ball 25 times. Ain't nobody beating us. If we can be that dominant, that lights out with that front seven and we getting home with four, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's the kind of confidence I have in this defense. But if we can't get that, it's no point. It's no point. But like I said before, only the results on the field will be the true measuring test. So I, I hope they underestimate this defense and they come out and shock the world. That's my hope. <sighs> that's all I can say. I mean, that's just my hope. I'm hoping they shock the world. Top five or better. Well, still, you know, Let's still kind of keep with the defense. One last question with this. Um, you know, Chase Young. Uh, sources are saying that, you know, it might be, uh, y'all might be without him starting the season out uh, because of his, his ACL, torn ACL uh, last season, week 10. So, do you do you feel that he's ready to come back? Is he, you know, has he made the advances properly that he needs to make to be able to come back in? Where are you seeing that at? Well, I heard different. He was, I heard he, you know, he was your twenty twenty defensive rookie of the year too. So, well, I heard different. I heard that he was up walking around, contact everything. And he's been working out with Von Miller. 
So I've heard way different. Way different. I don't have no doubt in my mind that he'll be ready week one. And hopefully he 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 gets back to his college form because the year and a half he was in the NFL, I've watched him and I'm he 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 tries to play the hero a lot and it gets us beat. You know, that bull rush and you going straight for the quarterback, you dominating the tackle, but all the quarterback got to do is step up into the pocket and deliver. You got to play your lanes, youngster. You don't have to play hero ball. You got guys on there that's just as good as you. You're not, you, I mean, you, you, you're great. Those guys are great too. So, but he'll be available week one. I'm not worried about that because he's a warrior. He's a gladiator. How do you defeat a gladiator? You cut his heart out. Ain't nobody cutting Chase Hart. Chase Young's heart out. This is already, it's already ready. He's he may sit out the preseason, but he's gonna be ready come week one. No doubt in my mind. All right. So I guess we can move like towards the uh towards the office side of the team. Daniel Snyder. That's all I'm gonna say. What's your oh, take? Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes, <laughs> they're flowing. Course, well, you know, you know, he's been uh, subpoenaed, and he faces a pretty good slap on the wrist. So, here's my thing, and I'm I'm gonna be short. I'm gonna be brief with it. Daniel Snyder. Um, the things that have come out about him pouring, having somebody pour milk on the carpet of uh, uh, one of the learners uh, suite at FedEx field because their business deal went wrong. He is the epitome of a brat with a lot of money. And that's what he's coming off as you knew these things were going on and you, you know, you kind of swept them under the rug. You know, things in this hearing that came out about a female employee that was being harassed by a coach. And he told the female employee, just don't walk that way. Two employees were dating consensually. He fired the lady. The gentleman had no no repercussions. Then it, it goes over to larry michael who's somebody that i've always enjoyed listening to and watching on tv but to come find out that he's involved in this deep and that's why he retired so abruptly but not only that the rumor mill started turning and old things were coming up that he was the reason that the great frank herzog retired in 04 And which pisses me off because Gibbs came back in 04 and to have Frank, Sonny and Sam calling the games on the radio as Gibbs came back would have just been serendipitous. It would have been great to know that we were deprived of that pisses me off, you know, and I heard a rumor that he even had something to do with Sonny retiring which pisses me off 
because I love hearing Sonny Jurgensen break down things in the game. I understand Sam Huff was getting a little older. Sonny's getting older because right after retirement, him and Billy went and, and, and caught a Nationals game, which was great. And I'm talking about Billy Kilmer. It's just to know the the, le- the levels of cess that was floating around, the levels of shit that is floating around in, the, in, in this organization, is it's, it's pretty bad. Um, Ron Revere released a statement. Uh, Jason Wright, the, the 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 Snyders, they all released statements. But here's my thing: if you did nothing wrong, why the fuck did you run out of the country? Because if I did nothing wrong, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know any of this stuff. I'm not running out of the country. I'm gonna go defend myself. I'm gonna clean my jacket. Only way this can be fixed, any of this. The only way the healing can start. Daniel Snyder has to sell this team. And I don't want him to sell it just to anybody. He has to sell this team to somebody that's going to run this team the way it was once ran. And I'm not saying in any way, shape or form, because Daniel Snyder is only the third owner of this team. Well, maybe actually third, three and a half, because George Preston Marshall wasn't a great owner. He was a fucking racist. Made us the last team to integrate. That's why so many people in this area are Cowboy fans because of that reason. Not because of the Cowboys being quote-unquote America's team because George Preston Marshall was a racist. Jack Kent Cook was part owner of him. Edward uh, Bennett Williams. Jack Kent Cook took over full control, came from from the West Coast to the East Coast after he sold the Lakers. Was he a great owner? He was. Did he have his issues? Yes, he did, because he's the same one when they were trying to build a stadium in D.C. to replace RFK, and he smacked Sharon Pratt-Kelly on the ass. That kind of put a damper on that, you know? That is something that goes down in, in, in Redskins lore, not Commanders. That goes down in Redskins lore. He smacked her on her ass. The dude wasn't perfect. You bring in Daniel Snyder after uh, Mr. Cook's passing. You bring in Daniel Snyder. And he's a fanboy. He got involved in the day-to-day operations when he shouldn't have. Marty Schottenheimer had things going right. We went 0-5. Then Marty had us go 5-0. We went 8-3 down the stretch and just barely missed the playoffs that year. But you didn't want Marty to run the football side and the office side. You wanted your boy Vinny to come in there. And Vinny Serrato is a terrible vice president of football operations, terrible general manager. He had one good draft out of like nine. But Daniel Snyder surrounds himself with yes men. He surrounds himself with people that will look the other way when shit's going wrong. 
That's why we're having these congressional hearings here today, because nobody checked them on this shit. And then you go back. I'm thinking this stuff goes back to 2014. You got people saying this stuff going back to like 04, 03. Like I, I was reading just tweets and people just saying, hey, here's an article for this. And they're linking them to articles. Joe Gibbs did not want Sean Taylor to go home to rehab in 07. Daniel Snyder said, go ahead and go. He overrode the co- what the coach said. Sean never came back. He never came back because you did not listen to the coach about a football matter. Like that shit right there. Then you, you, you don't respect women. You, you, you created a toxic work environment and you don't respect women women and then you just because you got money it's okay you throw a little money at the broad and you say all right bet you know get up out of here take this little money and don't say nothing but then you go and do it again you got the video department making outtakes of these women changing clothes and so you can see nipples and shit dog you got money you got money. It's women out here. You can buy OnlyFans. You can pay a broad to come in and just walk through there with nothing but fucking a, a bikini bottom on. But you decide to put these women in a toxic environment and then continually to do it. Not only that, the product on the field is so shitty because our stadium is so shitty. Like, I... It's tough being a Washington Commanders fan because this team will fuck up a wet dream. The unveiling of the name, out of all the names you could have chose, all the names you could have chose, you chose Commanders. At least Abe Poland held a damn contest to name the Wizards. And even though they had already picked out the Wizards to change it from Bullets to Wizards, he still held the contest to make the fans feel that you had a hand in it. You didn't even do that. You didn't even listen to the fans. We had been calling for Red Wolves for the longest. Once you said you would change, hey, let's do Red Wolves. You made up some bullshit about the Minnesota Timberwolves having a lock on Wolves. They're Timberwolves, not Red Wolves. Our logo would have been different. Everything would have been different. But you fumbled the bag on that. And you chose commanders. You chose commanders. Twenty years. I'm sorry. He bought the team in 99. Twenty-three years. Two playoff wins. Couple of playoff appearances. Couple, uh, we won the NFC East in '99. Won the NFC East in 2012. Won the NFC East in 2015, 2016. So, if I'm missing one, oh, then we won it again a uh, year before last. What was that? 2020. So four NFC East crowns, but only two playoff wins. Anybody that says that, oh, no, the owner don't have anything to do with that is coaching. 
Well, let's talk about coaching. Let's talk about how Daniel Snyder fucked up the bag once again. When Gibbs decided to retire, he had a structure put in place for success. The great Greg Williams was supposed to take over. Run it. You had an interview with Greg Williams. It shouldn't have been an interview. It should have been a press conference of Gibbs announcing his retirement. In the same press conference, announcing Greg Williams is the new head coach. Greg Williams putting together his staff. We continue doing what we're doing. But instead, you go and you hire an offensive coordinator in Jim Zorn. How do you hire an offensive coordinator before you hire a head coach? Then you promote him to head coach. Never had head coaching experience. Never been an offensive coordinator. Great quarterbacks coach. Great quarterbacks coach. Every quarterback he's ever worked with, the season that he works with, they have their best season. Go look up. Matt Hasselback, Joe Flacco, and Jason Campbell. And then, uh, 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 yeah, Matt Hasselback, Joe Flacco, Jason Campbell. Yeah. Go look at their best season and see who their quarterback coach was that season, that they had their best seasons. You messed the bag up there. But the reason why you couldn't focus on football, man, is because you was too worried about watching nipples and pussy prints. All of this... Dirty laundry being aired, and you want us to support this team. You want us to come out to a shitty stadium that you didn't upkeep because you don't want the stadium anymore. Then you're talking about moving our team. Bad enough we're playing in Landover because we couldn't get a stadium deal in D.C. back in 96. Here we are, close to 25 years later, that this stadium opened, and you're talking about moving. You buy a land, piece of land down in Virginia that's, what was it, 48 miles from the nation's capital? Oh, we're not going to put the stadium down there, but you got a land permit to put something there. Now, you're talking about moving Redskin Park. This is new Redskin Park. It's not old Redskin Park. It's new Redskin Park. You're talking about moving that and putting all this stuff down there, but you're also talking about putting a stadium down there. Now, with what Jack Del Rio said, Virginia has backed out of that. They was like, we're not even going to vote on this. We're not even letting you put anything down here. Everything you got going on, everything that happened in the last three off seasons, I know I am rambling on with so much stuff, and I do apologize. But everything that's happened in the last three seasons, three off seasons, led us up to this point with Daniel Snyder going in front of Congress, having to go in front of Congress. And... <laughs> they're out your dirty laundry all the stuff you did wrong because you don't know how to look but don't touch you don't know how to discipline people that break not only work relation rules but they're breaking laws you're making it a toxic work environment yeah i hope like hell daniel snyder sells this team and he doesn't he's not allowed around football anymore because you show you show what type of person you are
that that's just my thoughts on Daniel Snyder. I know it was a lot, but it's just my thoughts on Daniel Snyder. So, Lady C. I mean, you know, sometimes you just gotta get it out. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure that you know his his buddy Goodell will have his back. That's just that's just my opinion of that. Uh, but. We're, we're getting close to time, so, you know, time to wrap it up. I think we went, we probably went a little over, but have you ever. To end it on a high note, I want to ask you a question that you've asked me. Let me get your, uh, let me officially get your unofficial prediction Tell us early prediction of the commander's record for the season. I'm going to go with. This is contingent on everybody staying healthy. 12 and 6. Ooh. Okay. So that's that, that that's all I got. Twelve and six. The boss BJ don't like that too much. <laughs> Look, man, I'm 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 holding out optimism, and that's all contingent on Curtis Samuel playing the defense, playing lights out. You know, it's a lot. They have one of the easiest schedules. I think they have the second easiest schedule coming up in the NFC East. Dallas has the easiest. Washington has the second easiest. So, so we'll see how that works. Officially, the, the official, unofficial, hella too early prediction. And we hadn't, we hadn't made it. We, we barely scratching the surface, the surface of uh, training. So, yeah. The official, unofficial, officially unofficial, hella too early prediction. Yeah, that's about as early as I can get. But I look, <sighs> I got it. I got it. I got it. it. It's okay. It's okay. So just trust me on this. Pull my coat and follow me on this. And trust me on this. One. If I aim high and they 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 get over twelve wins, I look like a genius. But if I aim low, and then they get even lower, I look like a fool. So just trust me. Trust and believe me. We got this. I mean, I'm going to stand up when because I feel like standing down when I'm going to catch a lot of shit. So <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I, I kid. I joke. I kid. Take us out, baby. Well, that's all the time we got to the next time. And thank you for Lady C uh, allowing me to step on my soapbox, go off about something I've been holding in for a couple of weeks. Because I wanted to see how it came out. So I made sure I did that. But um, thank you, Lady C, for indulging me. Um, thank you, everyone listening. For the Boss BJ, the man the hour, Delante, the man as cool as ice, twice as nice, Junie. Get well soon, brother. Please. Big Jim, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez. The resident cowboy fan, Gary, 
the Nubian sumo. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace.